Rock Rising is an artist-focused, nonprofit organization. We rely on listeners like you to keep going. If you want to find out how you can support a show, an artist, or give to our 2021 organizational costs, please go to rockrising.org donate. Thanks for listening. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Listeners, that was for you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> As always, this is a very, very special guest. And I mean this for everyone listening, but I also mean this for me personally. And maybe we'll get into that and you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from. But here's the obligatory uh, drum roll. And I'll let the guest introduce himself. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm I'm Scott Eric. Scott Scott. My, but my, I, if I'm in the credits, I'm Scott Jackson, Eric. But I, I don't feel like super comfortable, uh, yeah, introducing myself that way. No. Yeah, I know you as Scott Eric, but um, whenever I talk about you in an artistic or creative sense, mm-hmm. I refer to you as Scott Jackson, Eric. It just seems to roll off the tongue. My, well, that's good. My mom, t- my mom told me I named you Scott Jackson in case you get famous. I love it. Yeah. So I she, love it. She wants me to drop the Eric. And at one time when I moved to Austin, um, when I moved to Austin, my uh, friends called me chat because I was from Chattanooga. Hmm. And so I thought about for a while going by Chad Jackson. Oh, wow. That's sharp. Yeah. Um, like kind a of a re- reinvent yourself moment. But I, I just can't. Like, it's like. For me, going by Chad Jackson would be like me trying to pull off a mohawk. You know, like <laughs> everyone would look at me and be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It just wouldn't make sense, man. Yeah. Or it's kind of like getting a really tasteful face tattoo. Dude, I saw a guy who just had an M on his face. Whoa. Doing, constru- doing construction yesterday. Like the like his whole, you just covered your um, entire face with your palms. Dude, yeah. No, that's it like. Was, it, his whole face? Yeah, man. And and no wow. no offense to him doing construction. That's just where I saw him doing it. And I thought oh, to sure. myself, one of your names better start with him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or else like this is. This or is maybe bad. it's just a huge design, you know. Maybe he's, it's meant to be viewed as a whole. Or maybe he's just a really contemplative. This is a, a huge dad joke coming up. Maybe he's just a really contemplative person and he's always thinking like, hmm. And, mm. and that's why he put it out there. Yeah. There's a dad mm. joke for everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> where we get. That's, where, that's what we get with Scott Jackson, Eric. It's just a bunch of dad jokes. <laughs> I know. Dude, what was with the crew just telling me I'm not funny? I'm not not over that, man. It's because you. I think all of your attempts at humor reminded everyone of their their fathers. Yeah, like just straight up. Yeah, in your your delivery and just like how you would kind of enter the room and then just do the joke. You know, (laughs) just like you could tell that you so badly wanted to do it. I was like running to that room. I was like, 
I know. But the thing is, like, I think my dad's funny. I think you're very funny. So I'm not a really good gauge. Like, I guess I'm probably biased. Yeah. Like, I genuinely think you're funny. Thanks, man. So here's my question in my defense for, again, it's mainly against Maeve and Julie, who we just made a movie with, by the way. We did. Uh, called Congrats. Magic. Dude, congrats to me, dude. It was congrats magic. It was. I feel like that's what we should talk about on this podcast. Um, and yeah. uh, that was a stressful sigh. Oh, no. It's, it was like, oh, boy. It's because it's like that is a lot. And it could take up the whole podcast, and I'm down to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's your pot, so I, I should It's like, no, it's like looking at a roller coaster, you know? It's like looking mm-hmm. at a roller coaster mm-hmm. and just being like, oh, I'm going to ride that. And I'm down, yeah. but, you know, you just got to take it in for what it is. I'm yeah, not, totally. I'm not against it. Here was my, here, here's my, <clears throat> my closing argument about whether or not I'm funny. Let's hear it. Are, is, are there points where don't call it magic is funny? I think there are points um, in Don't Call It Magic that are funny if you know, if you connect with the with the characters, like with Avery mm-hmm. um, and Rodney, and you understand what they've seen together um, on the on the road and what they've seen in terms of like, if anyone's been a part of any production and you've been a part of the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. You create a bond that kind of ex- you it, it it goes beyond time and space. Where I'll have like I'll literally be walking um, on the sidewalk in the city, and I'll smell a perfume that that is reminiscent, or sometimes mm. I can swear is exactly the same as. Shout out! Maybe we might have to bleed this, but probably not. Remember Alyssa Duck? Yeah, dude. And crazy for you. So someone, someone's perfume would smell like her. And I just was, I'm back on the stage, you know? Mm. And so if you, if you come from a performance background or production background, I think you'll probably be a lot more keen on those moments. Um, and, and I think the humor comes in, uh, to in, in their relationship, mainly her response to him. And when he starts to spiral, she's the straight man. In, yeah. in, the, in the movie, yeah. She's no bullshit. So She's just, yeah. Yeah, my, and my point, because it's all about me being funny, um, but thank you for your depthful response, is um, Don't Call It Magic's funny. I wrote Don't Call It Magic. I'm funny. Well, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're in for laughs, I'm not going to recommend watching this movie. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm not going to recommend Don't Call It Funny. But if you do want a night full of laughs, I would definitely recommend hanging out with you. Oh, even if, you. or like a, like a podcast full of laughs, I would recommend listening to this one, even yeah. if the whole time we're talking about the making of the movie, because there were plenty of laughs. It was like one of the best moments of my life. I got a tattoo um, in honor of, in memory of that, that memory, that whole experience. It's so, so bizarre. And then I think we should talk about the movie. Actually, can I structure this podcast or make a recommendation? Do it. I think we should talk about like our relationship, how we know each other. Yeah. We should talk about the movie. Yeah. And then we should talk, but we should have a conversation that I've been waiting to have with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that is not an offer, by the way. It's not not an offer. It's not an offer, but it's about 
Um, I've been it there like I have like type text that I've had to delete to you about the feature because I so badly want you to be in the feature, but it's a million dollar movie, and you're not a name. Yeah. And so I'm like, can I take? Can I get that funded? If it's not a known name, but I but so now we're just having this conversation. But what people told what's so funny is I had a two hour conversation with Janelle um, a few days ago, the girl that shot her movie, the DP. Yeah. And she was like, and I said that I was like, I don't know what to do about Michael. And she like, dude, went to the mat and was like, put him in this movie. He can carry it. Like he was my favorite part of this movie. No doubt. And she was like, stack, stack them, stack no names around him. And that's something that I've thought about. Is like if you're next to um I feel like you're gonna respond so well to known names. Or, or like let me say it differently. You're gonna respond really well to professional actors. Um and so yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm at the place now where I'm like, I'll fight like hell to to put you in the future. Like it's I'll a million, do. It's a million dollar movie. Well, that's the other thing that Janelle said is she was like, it's going to be really hard to make this movie for less than a million dollars. Well, if I uh, if I know anyone who can materialize uh, their dreams better than you, uh, well, that that's it. I don't. So. Oh, but also thanks for that compliment. Thanks for yeah, the honor, but also thanks for the challenge of just like dropping this right at the top of the pod. Yeah. I well, I it, I've been wanting to talk about it and I because it's been like an elephant in the room, right? Not for me, cuz it cuz at, at every point Bullshit. Okay, here's why. <laughs> let me let me <laughs> let me climb my way out of this cheesy pit that I've yeah. climbed, that I've dug for my, myself. Okay. I believe that working with you at every step of the process, what excites me most is that you care about, um, you care about the, the, like the project, like you care about what's going to be best for the project, which results in a really good experience. Mm -hmm. I think when people get lost in like, basically like themselves or like what what this is going to reflect about their career or their you know their personal life or their personality they get caught up in like that it gets kind of messy but you care you genuinely care about the work that you're doing and that excites me mm -hmm. so i always care about what's best for the project and in small ways i show that to you and like oh you want me to get a haircut i'll get a haircut mm -hmm. you know our first talks about rodney were you didn't want him to be super physically fit. And at the time I had been like working out like a maniac, you know? And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I don't need to do that. And, um, it's crazy. Your commitment to your roles is, is crazy. My, right. yeah. My commitment to seeing projects through, I, I hope is also on the same level with as quote unquote crazy, but all that to say, if, if you decided that like, going with a, a name for this project makes more sense at any point. I back that a hundred percent and maybe my place in working with you is like 
getting the first round of things made, you know, mm. for however long you, you may need to do that, which could be f for another, you know, year, maybe this is the last time you do it. Who knows? Well, that's wild. And I, I think that really shows how grounded you are as a person that, that you would be able to say that. Um, I mean, I just, I was talking to, so Julie connected me with um, the girls from This Is BS. Um, and I've been the post-production coordinator for them. They shot like an independent comedy series. And so I have like a weekly Zoom meeting with them um, and I've come to love them a lot and just really befriend them. And we're like, bros, and it's, it's awesome. Um, but what I was telling them last night on a, on a long call was I was like, it's really important moving forward to work with people that you really, really love. Yes. Because if you, like, if you don't, then like you give the leverage of the project to that tumultuous relationship or it doesn't even have to be tumultuous. It can be like mundane. And like one thing that Janelle said to me is she was like, you and Michael have like really good chemistry, right? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, that's going to come through in the project. And I was like, I totally agree, you know? Um, and yeah, so I, I just think like it's, and I lucked the F out on Don't Call It Magic um, because we didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't have a lot of choosing power, but by getting you and Julie and like with Julie producing you in the lead and then Janelle who Janelle is the girl that saved it. So for the listener, Michael and I made a short film that is a, uh, adaptation of a full length feature film that I wrote. We shot in October, um, before a spike of COVID. So we like got it in under the wire in New York. Um, Took all the necessary precautions, the obligatory thing that you have to say when you make something. But ding. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I, I didn't, we didn't have a cinematographer for it. And I got online and my cinematographer that I usually work with was in Portland. And he was like, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not going to make it for this one. Um, and, and straight, like very wisely said, um, you need someone who is in New York. If you're shooting in New York, then you need someone who's in New York, who knows the city, who knows how to shoot, who's going to be able to be like, this is where we can get a light from that we need or something. I got on Google. I've tried to find people that were coming up, found this girl named Janelle Pering, emailed her. She hit me back and was like, cool project. Here's a couple questions. I answered the questions. And I was like, Hey, we don't have a lot of money. I couldn't pay you a lot. And she was like, just don't pay me anything. Give my money to other people. We'll use my gear and I'll help you crew up and let's do it. <laughs> it's like, what? It's, it, 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 yeah. It still blows my mind. And, and that just on paper could blow anyone's mind. But then working with her in that experience, I think would mm. blow would also blow anyone's mind so everyone's mind should be melted right now like T tell like me more because i because i kind of check out on skillet. set oh you check out on set <clears throat> you're just in the zone no okay i all, by the time i get to the set all my work is done i'm just there to make sure everybody hits hits the mark oh like to make sure we're like by the time we get on set if i've done my job correctly as a writer and a producer and a director in, in pre-production, 
then we are just there to follow the game plan. Mm -hmm. And new ideas are welcome. That's part of the game plan. Hey, what if we did it this way? Mm -hmm. But filmmaking, shooting is time management. That's all it is. Right. You, for this amount of money, you get this much, you get all these people in these locations and this gear for this much time. And you have to be effective with it. Right. And that's not just for us, like for lower level people. That's for like Darren Aronofsky, who did like Black Swan. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what about these scenarios, million dollar budget or no, beyond, you know, million dollar beyond Mm -hmm. or no. Um, What if you are working in these scenarios where you have a tumultuous, like actual tumultuous, tumultuous relationships that are getting in the way of the project? Oh, dude. I mean, it's the Christian Bale clip, right? Yeah, right. Oh, good for you. Right, right. So if if I did that on set, dude, would you still be checked out? No. No, I would pull you aside and say, hey, man, I would first make sure that there were no uh, subsequent things that I needed to know about that were bothering you. Like, did your cat die this morning? Um, You know, did Julie give you divorce papers on your way to set? Like, you know, is there something that's like going on? otherwise and then if not i would say hey, that was a little inappropriate i think you need to apologize to who you spoke with yeah. um to That's resolve true. the tension so we can we can move forward what if i told you i was like drinking a, a weird like liquid that helped me memorize my lines and stuff <laughs> and that's why you blew up i don't know that would, yeah. that would be weird that's a good that'd be yeah. weird that'd be kind of yeah. like twisted it's not oh, right but... to say that i'm checked out on set It's, I'm very, it's like my birthday party. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite place. It's my favorite place. You know the role. You know the role you're you're playing and you're very much looking forward to it. So it's just like showing up to the next stage and the next step of the process. Like this is the time when people arrive. This is the time when we do the first activity. We have our Mm -hmm. break. We have the pizza. We go back to doing Mm -hmm. the things. Then we do the gifts. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like kind of like next step forward. Oh, sp- speaking of this process, I was going to say family aside, because I had yeah. family there, like Julie, you, mm-hmm. Maeve, Stephen, Moscas, shout out. Family. That's mm-hmm. family. Family aside, uh, um, Janelle was also my favorite thing about the entire, the entire process like yes you wrote a great script it's a great project we had a great cast it was an amazing amazing location but well i two kind of amazing locations but she was my favorite part okay tell me more like tell me all oh okay um so at no point was i did i feel like any attention or energy was wasted like it was never um it was never given to things that weren't serving the moment like when it was go time you know mm-hmm. and if if there was ever a, th- a moment where you were like pulling me aside asking me specific things like they that whole thing had a thing where they were going you know it was like every moment they were still working yeah yeah they were working every moment and and it's like even when i was like packing up when we wrapped like she was like all of them like her and all the 
everyone else who is working with um, any of the equipment or the crew, mm-hmm. like they, um, they were like working, like while yeah. I was leaving, you know, they were just working to the, to the hour, to the very end. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I really appreciate that on like a working level. I'm not going to say professional level because like, like, yes, I consider myself working professionally, but I'm not any, I'm not strictly pursuing it like you said i'm not a name right so it's like Mm kind of weird for me to claim that but like on a professional level she's amazing and then any moment that we did have where we where there was like a moment for a joke because things were going what like really well you know it's just like hey let's reset let's you know it's like ah that was funny like it was she was just enjoyable she's just an enjoyable person She's enjoyable. She's good at what she does. It's just very attractive. It's all, she's a very attractive person and yes. she has an attractive personality and she, and it was nice to be in the room with her, which is crazy. Cause she's like in charge of making it all look good. Mm-hmm. And she, and, and it's like, how, how can anyone do that? First of all, cause like I can point a camera, but I can't like, I can't make anything come to life like that. And like w- doing that while also kind of, I, okay, sorry if this is long-winded, but I kind of view like production as like a pirate ship, mm-hmm. and she was kind of in charge of the pirate ship, and she and she saw everything through, and she and she was like, do she had her own job, but then also part of her job was overseeing everyone else's job. She was this boss. Yeah, and there's boss. a real trickle down effect that comes with that, where like she people will work harder if they see the people at the top working harder, you know, which is why I like to be relaxed on set because I want people to be relaxed. Like if I'm really stressed out and like trying to figure like that's going to trickle down, you know? And well, this goes back to what I was saying earlier about my list of things like bugging me out or that, that stress me out being shorter, Mm -hmm. uh, working on that set, um, for don't call it magic. I had a conversation with Maeve. I was like, wow, from when we, we were in college, essentially like work, mm-hmm. like little babies working on these projects. Um, there were so many pitfalls that I found myself falling into mainly stemming from like the ego and thinking that like the problems were about me or that anytime I got a note, it was like the production was on my shoulders and, you know, just stuff like this. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and then, and, uh, and it was just like, like all conversations with Maeve, it was great. And, um, it was nice to have that shared history with her of like seeing where basically like where we started, where we've come and it kind of, it, it was just a nice moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And then immediately someone spilled a water and then, Isaac got mad and kind of panicked because they don't want like liquid to spill. And then I snapped at him for getting mad at us. Cause like I was trying to help and he was like, you're wasting paper towels. I was like, we're not wasting. I'm helping. I'm helping clean. You're, you weren't at your station. And then I was like, wow, I'm just like in a pit. I'm in a pit now right yeah. after like bragging that I have grown, but it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, thank you. I don't know if I mm-hmm. said it. Like just flat out, but like, thank you so much, dude. You're welcome, man. When you when you brought yeah yeah when you brought it to me the first time, I was just like, whoosh, 
whoa, that's cool. And then you brought it to me again. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And you're like, you want to do this? And I was like, what are you talking about? I brought it to you twice. You brought it to me the first time, in, like in when you lived here. Oh, when in New York, yeah. And I, I was like, never in a million years thinking that we would be making this together at that point. Oh, and I wasn't either. And I was like hyped that you were making stuff, but I was just like, yeah. I flipped through and I was like, let, I want to talk to you. So I was like, oh, this is cool, but let's talk, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I just like had the script in my backpack. Did I give it to you? I think you just showed it to me. You know, you oh, just like show, show, you show. I didn't read. Yeah, and it was. I think it was under a different name at that time too. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, dude, thank you're welcome, and and thank you, man. I it was a. Uh, I'm so glad that that it worked out and that we got to work on it together. And I'm so pleased and very very impressed by your. Um, Nonverbal acting, I will say. I think that is, um, it's strange how like your like torso can be a character. I don't even know. I wouldn't, it's like, I wouldn't even know to what to tell you what to do, you know, for that to happen, but like you do it. And like, like my, one of my favorite scenes is you in the bed after, um, just cause like you don't, you don't say anything. And this was a really wordy movie the first time that I wrote it. And, uh, it's gotten like less and less wording. And so, Dude, I love it. And like, yeah. I Yeah, I love it too. Those moments are a challenge, especially with characters like that. Because without too many spoilers, I guess, like that character is a performer. And mm -hmm. so to perform in the, you know, when it's go time, I'm talking about like as Michael, when it's performing a, a character who's a performer, but when they're not performing, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm playing the part of a performer when they're off stage is kind yeah. of a weird, vulnerable space to be. Yeah, you know? totally. It's like, yeah. And it's that those are the parts that, that are tough. Cause you have to like dip into their void, you know, cause like, as like, I think above all else, like I feel like I'm an entertainer and mm. I feel like filmmaking was, is, is my primary way of doing that. Mm -hmm. of of like keeping your butt in a seat glued to a story um and and entertaining you in that way um but like if filmmaking was no longer around like i'd find another way to entertain people and like like coming down off of like the high that performing or like entertaining can do like the the highs in that and those like very incredibly like lonely moments you know where like there's just kind of no one you can even be with someone and be lonely but it's like no one kind of knows like the whiplash of what you're feeling you know of like of like being away from it is like i don't know it's a really like interesting moment in in my mind yeah it is it's a lot like a roller coaster mm-hmm or kind of like a theme park of a bunch of different rides, some some of which make you sick, some you want to ride again and again. Some you ride once and you're fine. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is all gibberish, especially to people who don't uh, entertain or aren't in the entertainment business. But sure. to me, it's not gibberish. It's very articulate and poignant, and I'm very thankful to be having this convo with you. Yeah. But to kind of bring it back, Mm -hmm. To the con um, when you were like 
structuring out the, the this episode. Yeah. And you were saying <laughs> you were saying that one of the things you wanted to do is have the conversation about who would play the part and uh-huh. how the fact that I'm not a, a name. Uh-huh. So let's let's flip, you know, let's let's see the other side. If uh-huh. we were writing a paper and, you know, giving all the pros and cons of like using me and then building a cast around me of names, mm-hmm. what would be the benefits of what would be the clear benefits of like using a name? Mm-hmm. And then who, like, if you had, let's say you had to use a name, what's, what are some of the types of people that you, you would have in mind? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Rodney adjusts every time that I think about him. Rodney's the main character in Don't Call It Magic. I feel like he adjusts every time that a, a different actor, like, comes into my mind or, like, yeah, like any time that I, like, think about that. Yeah. Um. Like the way that you played him was so different than like the original person that I wrote it for, um, who didn't end up playing it. Um, I mean, so what what are the pros of having a name? I mean, the pros of having a name are like it's just going to be easier to get it made. Um, it's like people are they'll put they'll put their money behind it more easily. Yeah, it's like if you made like a toy for like a little kid. And you were like, I'm going to put this in Target under my own brand name, or I can sell this con, like I can sell this patent to like Fisher Price, and then they can put it in Target under Fisher Price. And then people come by and they see it. So, like, um, man, I struggle thinking about like who could play Rodney, but like, let's just say, like, for instance, like, I, I don't think this would even be a good fit, but let's just say it was like Ryan Gosling that was going to be Rodney, you know? If people, if, and let's say all that happens and then it gets released and it, people are scrolling through movies at home and they see that Ryan Gosling is in a movie, it gives that movie a certain amount of validity in their minds because they have seen other movies that Ryan Gosling has been in that they like. Um, and so it works on that end and then it also works on the investor end um, in terms of like, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Ryan Gosling's in my movie. Well, you're going to get a certain amount of returns like from that, you know, um, immediately. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like types of people I've like, um, I mean, like the it's the, honestly, it's just like the Jesse Eisenberg, like Michael Sarah type. You know what I mean? Um, like y- you're way cooler than those guys um and i i know that you probably push back on that but it's like like those guys are like nerds you know by trade um and you have a much like smoother appearance on on film um and so like i mean those are the guys but it's like i can't really see michael Sarah in it um and like jesse eisenberg already played a magician and now you see me so like that's off the table um yeah, you know, and it's, I mean, like, uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, how, so when you go about, like, making movies, how mm-hmm. do you work with, like, essentially what we're talking about? Like, writing a, or having a having types for a character in mind, and mm-hmm. then maybe those those roles, when it comes production time, are being filled by people that are not those types, but are presenting a performance that, 
still tells a story, you know, and maybe you're even happy with it and it's more interesting to you than it was to begin with, or maybe it's not like all of that aside, it's just like, what do you do with when that happens? Yeah. I mean, I think like one thing like in writing the feature that I really had to work on was like the character of Avery, who's the supporting character. Um, and, and just making her more than just a sounding board of reason for Rodney, but like her own person who actually just does that. Um, in the short, like, um, you know, she was a little bit, it kind of had that one beat. And so like Maeve, like, um, found that beat and, and hit it. And, and that's great. Um, in terms of like, so your question is like, what happens when like the role of someone is different than like what I was imagining it when I was writing it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, at that point you just kind of hope it's like a Christmas tree, like it's going to have its like root and it's going to have its like core, right? Like the, I don't know what you call the core of a tree that just like goes up. Um, but it's like, it has like different ornaments at that point. Right. Um, and so if someone else comes in and they have other ornaments that like you weren't imagining, but like the core and the roots are good and it's like along the same vein, then it's like, Okay, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you just got to keep moving, you know, it's like, and, and you can't hold it like too precious. Like in the original draft, Rodney makes, there is a joke in that I tried to keep in for this, for this version, but I was like, I can't do it with where Rodney's at now with how I see him now. Um, where he has a joke that says like I only drink Sprite, which I is like like uh, like somebody's like, do you want a cup of coffee? And he says I only drink Sprite, and it hit like so hard, it hit so good in the original, like as this like absurdist thing because he is this just like absurd crazy dude, but like in this one like it wasn't gonna work, you know, and so it's like okay, what is that scene? portraying or like what's happening in that scene and how do I write a similar scene if necessary in this new like iteration this new version with these new ornaments that's like true to the Christmas tree that I'm like dealing with now right that's great you just got to keep it moving essentially yeah I mean it's I like I'm a four you're a four on the Enneagram and like we like um, I, I learned a really big lesson in 2019 um, that not 2020. Um, no, it was it was in 2019. Oh, good. Um, okay. Tw- tw- <laughs> 2020. Yeah, 2020 was a good year for me, man. It was a blast. I, I, don't, I, I loved 2020. Yeah, same. Me too. I was like, we can cut the bullshit and just get to work. Let's do it. Like I'm down. You know. <laughs> I started okay, a podcast but yeah, back, and made but a movie and moved to LA. It was great. Yeah, um, 2020 was great. Um, 2019 was... Uh, yeah. Because I'm a dreamer and because I dream big, I can sometimes not move towards a dream, but live in the... I'm mixing metaphors here, but live in the daydream of that dream. 
like so if i want to like make a movie with denzel washington or i have an idea for a movie that's like with denzel washington and i like let's say i write it and it's really good um and i like know it's really good and then i want to send it to denzel um because i'm gonna call him by his first name um because i'm an asshole but i want to send it to his representation yeah the moment that I send it, I have to start living in reality of what his actual response would be. Before I send it, I can live in the idea or the false reality or the potential reality of him responding to it and being like, this is dope. And, and because a very imaginative brain, I can really, really see what that would be like, so much so that I can give my body the sensations of what it would be like if it was real. and. I realized that I would do that on a much smaller scale. Like, oh, I'll ask that person for money and they'll actually give me money and I can make the movie. And I would move towards it in a slower way only for that moment to come along and then they wouldn't give me the money. Or I would say, I'm going to offer this part to this actor and they'll do it. Because, and, and like, for all intents and purposes, I had good reason to believe these things. But, then I would write it and I would offer it to him and it wouldn't happen. And what's weird is I'm imagining myself as the successful version of each of these dreams. And, and all the time that I'm doing that, I'm not fully living in reality. Like there's a lot of me, there's a large percentage of me, like damn past, you know, 50% that is caught up in a daydream um uh, about this i mean it's even true now man like about making the feature for don't call it magic it's like i got the script covered and it was really good janelle read it she really liked it she recommended a producer that i should talk to like vibes are good you know it's looking hot but there's no there's no promise that i'm gonna make this thing but am i did i have a moment on my front lawn the other night where i fully imagined and felt what it would be like for a producer to look at me and say you get to direct a million dollar movie? Hell yeah. And I felt it as if it was happening in that moment. But like, I still have to, so like, it's really important for me to live in reality as fast as I can. Like find out what's true as fast as I can, you know? Yeah. That's kind of wild that you're saying that right now. Cause I actually just talked about something, you know, with my mom that, I don't know, maybe a little bit too personal, but yeah, Julie's yeah. giving me the don't talk about that sign, but oh, we can talk about that after we end this, but um, oh, I already know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you probably do. <laughs> uh, but speaking of both well, being on. fours and oh, <laughs> no, he, he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so speaking of being fours and like <laughs> filling in things that aren't reality with your daydreams or maybe your actual dreams that you have at night, maybe a mixture mm-hmm. of both. Um, man, I definitely that resonates. I relate with that a lot. And um, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that actually is really helpful when it comes time to perform, to act. Mm. You know, and it's, I think the challenge is like, not finding that energy it's channeling that energy it's channeling those waves of emotion because like 
for me, it's really easy to get to those places. Like, um, and even like, even ranges of those places, like, what does it mean? What does it mean to try something again that you've, that you have resigned in your brain and in your heart that you've failed at? that you're a failure or that you're a fraud at and you've gone through a stretch of your life where you've paid consequences of resigning to that, of like believing that. And then you are doing it again. And then every, go ahead. Well, and then it's just like in every way that that could exist in every of those possibilities that you could be feeling like, you know, let's say you feel sad about that or you know, just to be, let's reduce them. Like you feel sad about that. Mm-hmm. You feel nostalgic about that. You feel mm-hmm. curious about that. You feel hopeful about that, that maybe you still have it. Maybe you could do it again. Maybe you're not a fraud. Maybe you didn't mm-hmm. fail. All of that. But the but but still living in the context of having at one time believed that you did fail, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and and just you, like, you're thinking about this in terms of acting? In terms of acting and being a four in in relating to what you just said, it is very I I find I find it helpful to be able to access that really like quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. Um and I I think it's weird when like when you start to tune into that, you know, in your life, and then your life starts to kind of reflect those those desires and those kind of daydreams. They they start to materialize and kind of spring up in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird when those things happen, you know? It's kind of like um it feels like a weird moment of um opportunity. Yeah. No, yeah, I I I think I'm tracking with what you're saying. You're saying when it when something materializes that you've wanted to in the past, when it actually materializes? Or or, or it's like things that you are putting the momentum behind willingly like you're believing that they will happen or you have the that you've gone mm-hmm. through the things of like oh this is a million dollar movie this could be a million dollar movie and and then that starts to happen you're like what what this is happening you know yeah Just stuff like and, that and it's like um yeah like one thing that i used to tell myself in my early 20s was like dress the part and give yourself permission like mm. even if you have no reason to be there, just like give yourself the permission to be there. And what I think was really cool about that conversation with Janelle is like she gave me the permission for this to be a million dollar movie. She didn't say this is a million dollar movie. What the hell are we gonna do? She said this is a million dollar movie. Just so you know, so like you've got to find a million dollars. Um, and the other thing that I've been telling myself is like that stuff happens every day. People get greenlit for million dollar movies all the time. So it's not a matter of making that a construct and bringing that to existence, uh, you know, as something that happens. It's a matter of finding your place in that line and and making sure that you can be damn close to the front, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean in theory, but like in practice, I don't. You know, like I, it's, yeah, it's, I, 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 I couldn't make a movie straight up. If I wrote, okay. if I wrote something on a piece of paper and then I was like, I, even if I believed in it, 
I don't think I could do it at least alone. And what I, mm-hmm. what I really, what really interests me about the way that you work and what I respect is like, you can bring these things, you kind of like a, you, you're an attractor of like, of like teams and it's a, just a really cool thing to watch. And it's not that you're doing the work alone, but it can start from like just you. And it's just really, it's really cool to see your work um, kind of like plant these like seeds and then provide work for other people. Cause at least for me, that project came at a really like important time. Uh, mm-hmm. And it felt like a really, it felt like everyone need kind of needed that at that moment. And we, yeah, and like, I I not, agree. Not with on that. a pay level. I mean, just like to to. to well, be you, you haven't been it. paid yet, so how could it? You know, it's like... <laughs> I've been paid. I've been paid in in my soul, dude. In my spirit, Julie's shaking her head. She's going like this again, giving me the cutthroat. Cut side. it out! Don't talk yeah, about cut it. Cut it out. Well, no, here's kidding. like. Not... <laughs> here's my here's the interesting thing for me is like. that's a really beautiful thing. And I would love to hear you say more about that. And I would also love to have that conversation with everyone who's worked on it. Because when I was working on the movie, uh, when I got back home, what I said is I said, everybody wanted to be there. Everyone that was on set wanted to be there. I I didn't, I I wasn't twisting anyone's arm. Everyone wanted to be there and do the job. It was amazing. Down to the steady cam guy who like came for a day and gave us a $1,500 product for free. You know? Yeah. He was so cool. He was, he was so, so fucking cool, dude. He yeah. was insane. Yeah. But here's and to watch like, him work. Okay. Never sorry. Keep going. Oh yeah. I mean it yeah, the, the opening and it and it paid, dude. The opening shot is badass. It's so bothered. It's so it's, it's bothered. I watched the kids that I nanny and it melted their minds. Oh really? You showed it to them? Yeah, Julie just said you showed it to him, and you this at the same time as you. Sorry, no, you're like, I don't, I don't give. A oh, okay, they're like nine. Um, yeah, so they don't. They're not gonna. Who are they gonna show? They've got a meeting in NBC tomorrow, and they're like, "It's great." And here's yeah. what happened in the first one. I don't know He's why actually bad that I did that. I haven't emailed him. <laughs> the little kid. Yeah, he's like ten. The nine-year-old like, has an email. He's he's ten, and he's like he's like you know my email, and like you've never emailed me, and I know them well enough to know that he was like hurt, and I was like, I'll, I'll email you, buddy. Just explain it. Just email him the one when it really comes out in a few weeks. I should, and I Which should, and with that, I'll be like, P.S. in a link to a dude perfect video. Love it. Um, but here's what my. I was just gonna say. Th- It's just really interesting of like, because I've always been the this way, like the way that I am, right? Like, want to make stuff. Like, I've been that way since I was like 16. And I'm 27 now. And you're 29, right? Or 30? Yep. Um, 29. And it's like, I could have told you, um... I remember having a conversation with you when I when we were in high school, and I was like, "Dude, we're gonna work together in the future. Like, you're gonna be in my movies." And I remember that you said, "Even with my race," and I was like, "Yes," you know, which is a whole other conversation. But that just that moment just makes makes me remember you. I said that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a 
it's that and that's like a whole depthful thing that's crazy i just think that it was like like we made stuff together but i don't think we in high school but we didn't have as much fun as we did on this one and i just think it's funny that like how both of us kind of like living our own lives and like doing our own thing like we came back together and it was like so much more uh, it was just so much better you know what i mean oh yeah uh yeah it definitely was better i mean i, I i'm having for all the experiences gained in the range of experiences and emotions and like all of it just life right for the mm-hmm. life lived and i guess the pain and suffering that i've endured in my own way i still am like having more fun with myself now than i was then and totally. and that fun with myself i think allows me to have more fun with people and mm-hmm. i'm trying to get i'm trying to have more fun with everybody and myself you know more and more each day but like you know i think i i definitely am in a better place in that sense so are you yeah even with role even with roles you give me that are less fun i'm having more fun you know in the roles we were doing in in high school and stuff like those are fun roles they weren't they we weren't dealing with as much stuff as i think we're you're trying to deal with now within your in your work yeah well i mean i was a little i wasn't like as mature as i am now there like time travel though dude come on it's not a character movie though. Uh, yeah, that's weird. That was a weird movie. That was a cool movie though. I, no, I, I still go back and watch that. Um, yeah. Forget the beads but, is probably our best. To, yeah, to for the listener, Michael and I made a rap video for an accounting firm called Forget the Beans, and it and it holds up. Bro. Oh, it is fire! <laughs> like it is, it is amazing. It's, it's so really fun. fun. It's a good. It's a good watch. Um, but I think what's interesting is like, are you a Rick Rubin junkie? Do you like Rick no. Rubin? Okay. I like Rick Rubin, but I'm not a Rick Rubin junkie. He's like a he's on my Mount Rushmore. Um and like he said this thing in a Seth Godin interview um where he was Seth Godin asked him if you could tell your 20-year-old self if you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self something what would you say? And he said try to have more fun. Yeah. Which I think is like What's interesting about like where both of us are now is I think that we're like, um, we've both learned to not fully, but like more so just like not take ourselves so seriously. I feel like, all right, well, let me right. say I, I at least like feel that for myself and maybe that's a little insulting for me to say that about you to you. No, dude. And I think that if I didn't agree with you then we we wouldn't be at this point in the conversation. Sure. Or if if I didn't agree with you it just would not make sense. I agree. And and um I think it's it kind of goes back to what you're saying about those those little reality checks that you do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I've found ways in which I can check reality like pretty quickly. Um whether like it's you know like working out was a way Mm-hmm. doing jujitsu as a way surfing like the ocean provides uh, a whole realm of reality that is 
pretty easily accessible, but once you're there, it's like, it is not like it's its own thing and it doesn't really give a shit about you in the way that reality doesn't. So it's a pretty quick and real reality check actually going Mm -hmm. in the ocean. And then, um, getting tattoos is a pretty crazy reality check. And, uh, yeah, you, you, I mean, you'll go from moments of like, why does this kind of feel good to, wow, that's the worst feeling in the world to what am I doing? Like, why am I getting this on my body? You know? Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of have the same thing, I guess, um, in podcasting too. So I'm like slowly finding these things that are just kind of popping up out of my life. Like that, I don't know if that I'm kind of gravitating towards that are helping me take myself less seriously. You know, I can't take myself seriously and have like, over 60 hours of like my my voice on Spotify. Yeah. No. Or 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 else you'll drive yourself nuts. Yeah. You know, it's just it's bizarre. Um Yeah, man. I feel you. Wait, like... you s- let's hit the other points of this um episode structure. What were the other two things? Did we hit them? So it was let's talk about us before like uh, us and how we met, which we kind of just talked about, and then the two we kind of met, met at first prez, but that's where that's where I first remembered meeting you was at church on the basketball uh, courts. Really? I mean, that's why I went there. That's really. <laughs> well, it was the basketball and the cokes because the cokes came in bottles, and that so was so cokes. sick. Yeah, you could just get so cokes. Cokes, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, they didn't really care. Well, but, but okay, I was raised in the church, straight up, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing my friends on a day that wasn't school, and we weren't we didn't have schoolwork. It was a weekend day, so yeah. Sunday nights, and even Wednesday nights, it was fun. It was so I fun. liked it, and also yeah. we were we got to sing. I liked singing. And mm-hmm. it was a time where I could sing without judgment. And I guess looking back, hindsight is, as they say, 2020. And like, mm-hmm. I guess that was a judgment-free zone for me to kind of like experiment with a lot of stuff. You know, I, I did love basketball and that was a huge reason that I w- went there. But Can we talk about that in a second? The only reason I went there. Can, yeah. Are, are, you, are you allowed to pee on? Can I go pee on this? Can you can I pee, pee right now. Okay, yeah. I, I got to pee. I'm, I've been holding it. Oh yeah, that's the beauty of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you like podcasting? Do I like doing it? Yeah. I just thought I'd ask the question. It wasn't I wasn't trying to give you a leading like, you know. Oh man. Like no. <laughs> 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 I and I have a podcast. <laughs> and I have like a yeah. pretty big episode that's coming out next week. But I love curiosity and I love if I could interview big boy every week, I would love podcasting. If I could interview like Paul Thomas Anderson every week, Andre 3000, like these people that I like really, really, really want to know a lot about, then who have, who have, been very successful and I could like 
see behind the curtain. Yeah. And that's what got me into it was like Charlie Rose. Like Charlie Rose is the greatest interviewer that's ever existed in my mind. And but the Charlie Rose operation is so large. And so I guess what I wanted to say is like I wanted to I still see that for myself of being an interviewer and being someone who talks to people and and someone who talks to a lot of people frequently. Um but going back to what you said earlier about me doing stuff alone, I do stuff alone. Um and mainly because I can't really afford to do it otherwise. You know, I, I can't afford to like pay an entire team. I can't afford to have a studio, have cameras, have people running it, have an editor, have someone who's responsible for posting it online and doing all that stuff. Like, I just can't do that, you know? And so it's for me, it gets really like kind of tricky like trying to get there and that's in like my ultimate goal is late night that's my ultimate goal you're on a late night show there's a late night show like on actual tv doesn't matter well then why don't you make it that's what i'm that's where i'm headed that's what i'm doing and the podcast was my first step of that of like being like how like i've got to jump from behind the camera to in front and so that's what I'm going to do. And like I film them and I, and I put them up. It's damn hard to do it consistently. It's really hard yeah. to do it consistently. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah, it is truly. It, it's kind yeah. of irrelevant too if you don't do it with consistency. I wouldn't like go the that podcasting far, world. But, but yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, I I think I would not in terms of like, the conversations had, but I mean, in terms of like gaining an audience or like a culture behind the podcast. Yeah. Cause I think totally. people really need it. They need it like weekly. My, um, the podcast that I love, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them on the days that they come out. Same. Know? No, same. And there are podcasts that like in the past I have waited for them and they don't come out. And it's happened enough where like it's been disappointing, so disappointing that like I kind of just fall off with those podcasts. So I kind of am aware that like if that's happening with me, an avid podcaster, someone who has a podcast, you know, then that's probably happening with my podcast with other people that are Mm -hmm. listening, even though the pool is probably small, smaller than the pools of podcasts I'm listening to. It's still, the rule might be the same. Yeah, but the thing that I go back to is like, fuck that. Um, like, forget about that. Like, that's yeah. not. Oh yeah, be, doesn't because, deter. Because like, what? Like, I uh, I've been playing like um, not like online poker for money, but there's this thing where you can have like, you can invite like a bunch of your friends and you can play virtual po- poker, like kind of what we're doing right now, where we're like FaceTiming and talking to each other, but like there's a poker thing that you can play. And one of my buddies was like talking to me and he was like, how's the podcast going? And I was like, kind of like, you know, complaining basically about how hard it is. And he was like, well, dude, like you should never feel pressure to like do this. Like you should do it because you love it. You should do it because you want to do it. You know, 
um and and it's so hard for me to quit something to actually say something is done um and to give up on something uh that i i don't know if i could ever till the day i die i don't know if i could tank blah 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 like i just i don't know if i could um and like we have a bigger artist like coming out that i think will add some life to it um next week but at the same time like the or and i think that will give me confidence to reach out to bigger guests cuz that's what i want to do um but yeah i mean it's like it, it's if all i had to do was just sit down on this mic and talk and then i could put my headphones down and walk away i think it would be a little bit different and i think that's what i might start doing is just like doing that and then giving the files to like somebody else and like paying them to to do it you know what do you think that would unlock for you is it a well, lot of time like editing it i hate editing yeah it it's like chemistry class for me like i just don't get it yeah. i what the one thing that i'm good at is i'm good at final cut and like well i don't no hold on i'm like a little bit above average in final cut and that's it <laughs> like it's i'm not like great at it and like when i when it's my movie like when it's don't call it magic i can cut it in final cut no problem because there's so much passion involved but there are so many like steps like unlinked files and like all this stuff and then like boom it just like crashes and like can my computer render this or whatever that like i paid a dude 50 bucks to edit this video for our podcast next week and it probably took me as much time telling him how to do it as it would have taken me to do it but the weight of that work was so much less that i just felt free i was like i don't have to if if i get the spinning wheel of death i don't have to deal with it it's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. I'm paying somebody else. And the peace of mind from just knowing that something is going to get done is, is amazing. It's delegating. Yeah. And then if I have to think about less technical aspects, then I can think about what do I want this to be? That's a big question that I have. You know, like, and, and I was, when I started mine, I was like, I want to do, Chris D'Elia was a big influence on it. Because his podcast, you know, before he was deplatformed, like his podcast was hysterical, you know? It, it was very funny. It's so funny. And, I, and like, I'm just now getting to a place where I'm like, can I go back and watch clips and stuff like that? And like, it's, it was so funny. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I just want to sit down for an hour, stream of consciousness, and talk the way Theo Vaughn does, the way Crystalia did. And then I want to have somebody on. Because, and I was like, because I just, I need to be doing this. And I know that it's something that I need to do. It's really interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, I guess if I, if I could add to that in terms of like having aspirations for my own podcast or my own show, mm -hmm. I, uh, I have a podcast and just now got to the place where someone else is editing it, but you know, I've been in a place where I've been editing like multiple podcasts at a time. I 
I happen to like the editing process, especially mm-hmm. when the shows are a little bit more like demanding in terms of sound effects and like soundscaping. Yeah. I'm not claiming to be great at it. I just enjoy doing it. I enjoy collecting the sounds and putting them in and making sure it sounds like as good as I can get it, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, um, my dream is to have a show that it, that where I'm not related to like rock rising. I love rock rising. It's a huge mm-hmm. part of my life. Mm-hmm. Looking for artists is great, but like, I don't know what it's like to have a show where I'm not responsible to, you know, the vision. Um, mm. of, you want to be a hired gun. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, essentially. And, and I also want to have the, I want to have the, I want to have a show where I have the freedom to, to, to express myself in a, in a way that I don't necessarily want to with looking for artists or rock rising, you know, cause it's not necessarily a part of that vision, that, that vocabulary or that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself as like a media presenter? I haven't thought about that before. No. Okay. That, that, that's the. But what can you explain it? Like, what what do you mean? Because that's very intriguing to me. I like media and I like presenting things. I mean, honestly, man, like British television is so much better than American television, just all around. And I, there's this show that I love called The Big Fat Quiz of Everything. Do you watch it? No. And uh, I found... I'm just Richard, agreeing that British TV is, is generally better. It's, quality is better. It's better yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's more... Uh, um, the, the artistic elements have more integrity. Um, like a man, <laughs> I mean, there are outliers in American television, like True Detective and a lot of stuff that's like on HBO. Season one, yeah. Yeah, season season one, uh, but it's like uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but this sh- the bi- big yeah. quiz of everything. The big fat quiz of everything is big like fat quiz. It's six comedians. There, there are three teams, six comedians, and it's like a way of like wrapping up the year, and they just say like, so it's the big fat quiz of everything of like the eighties or big fat quiz of everything of like twenty twenty. Um, and there it's like this happened or like what's an example it'll be like um like david blaine caught everyone's attention when um he did what for seven hours on june 22nd and then like you would have to like write in the answer this show is the funniest freaking show i've ever seen like i mean not the funniest show i've ever seen but it brings me so much joy (laughs) And what's interesting is that, like, these British comics aren't competing with each other. They're uh-huh. all, like, you know, someone will write down and they'll be like, oh, I think he was in a sewer. He sat in a sewer, didn't he? For seven hours. And then someone else will be like, sat in a sewer? What the hell are you talking about? Like, and, and then, like, but it's not, like, they're not trying to make each other feel dumb. It's just that, like, Brit- it feels like you're in a pub. Like, it just, it feels like you're yeah. in... Like you're drinking with a bunch Everyone's of Everyone's riffing on each other and like teeing each other up and riffing on each other. And yeah, teeing each there's a lot of teeing each other up and there's a lot of like compliment they're complimenting each other. Right. Um a lot of and, yes anding. Yes, exactly. And like 
Um, and like, what's funny is all these people that I see on the show. So like, I'll try to remember like some of them, like Jimmy Carr is like this guy that like hosts the show. Um, I think her name is Maya Jama. I think that's how you say it. Um, not Maya moves. No, dude, I want to meet Maya moves so bad. Oh, join the list, dude. She's like a, she's a low key celebrity. She's crazy, man. Yeah, she's awesome. I saw her thing that she did for your song, Head to Toe, and I was like, this girl's energy is ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy contagious. It's like a level 11. I know. I feel like she's my bud now. Like, it's weird. (laughs) I feel like when I meet her, I'm going to just be like, I don't know. It's weird. That's like the mission of of what she does, too. That's so beautiful. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. It's like a Richard Simmons that can dance. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's great. But so, like, there's, there, like, I just feel like in Britain, like, all these Mm -hmm. people have their own shows and stuff, and it's much more, like, respected. Like, they'll have these, like, really weird game shows that are on Channel 4 at, like, 11 p.m., but people, like, respect it and watch it. Or, like, Maya Jama, who's, like, a year younger than me, like, has a game show of, like, it's, like, uh, Britain's best top makeup artist, you know, and, like, and and all this stuff. And, like, there's just so much more variety. And so I wonder, like, if you would, like, ever be interested in performing in, like, a non-scripted kind of like television show like that um oh yeah that'd be so fun if that's what being a media presenter is then that would be very fun yeah Yeah, i could totally see you doing it that was a really long explanation by the way so sorry about that that's a great explanation because i kind of wanted that that's that's i wanted a breakdown yeah but i mean to go back to your original question do i love podcasting no it's almost like a necessary evil at this point (laughs) yeah it's like it's like another social media kind of man yeah no straight up that's a really it just feels too late to be like like when i was starting my podcast people were like what is it about and i'm like what do you what what do you mean what is it about yeah what are podcasts about they're just the people that are on it and they're talking you know right that's what it is right Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes podcasts are really about something, you know, like we have, we have one podcast where they have a section where they kind of get into the waters of, it's just two people talking. So that's what it's about, but it's still structured. And then they get into their real structured section and then they're out. It's still like two and two two and a half hours sometimes but like it's structured and and you know exactly what you're gonna get but like those aren't the shows i really listen to and the shows that i listen to are usually about a specific theme or a thing but then end up being about just two people that's what i want looking for artists to be and it kind of like is kind of implied in the title that it's about artists in some way So, you know, as long as we can get out of, we can get it out, like what it is that you do in your name. And then like, we kind of touch on creative projects. I'm kind of happy to call it an episode. Some episodes I'll go in and be like, when was the first time you like found a creative spark? What was it? Wow. You mix those together, blah, blah, blah. Did you, was this a plan or did you just find yourself here? You know, 
but usually those aren't with people I know. So I don't know. I enjoy podcasting when the, okay. I enjoy podcasting when the pressure of consistency is on, but the pressure of finding guests isn't there. So it's not that I don't care. It's just that if I don't have to worry about all the communication and stuff, then yeah. I'm happy to show up. Even on the days that I don't want to do it, there's always a moment where I'm like, oh, that's why That's why I do it. And it's not even that I love podcasting. I just genuinely love the conversations. I love most of the people. And, you know, I'm trying not to be cheesy, but like I'm serious. And, and it's like, I feel like at some point in my life, I'll look back on this and it will be important. It, it'll still be important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's cool. I guess one time I was like <laughs> talking to somebody who I knew was creative, but we had never worked together and they were just like kind of looking at the equipment. And I was like, we could do a podcast together sometime. And he, he was just like, Oh, memories and like snapped and said, Oh, memories and just walked out. And I was like, All right, that's basically podcast in a nutshell, just that's, making memories. That's so strange. It's very strange. Do you um, ever, do you ever think about just deleting all the episodes off Spotify? I don't think about that. Julie does, doesn't. She's not a fan of, of that. I love deleting stuff and starting over. Um, I've thought about that with my vlogs on YouTube. Oh, I love your vlogs. Oh, thanks. I wish, I wish you would do those, but I know it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job, and it starts to become a full-time personality. Oh, was that what it was? It was like taking over your brain? It was, and and it's like Julie was doing a – she was a, a IT savior over here and transferring all of our stuff onto hard drives and, like, getting rid of devices, recycling them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was like – she was, like, going through some of the old vlog material and hearing my voice and, like, the – you know, you know those cuts when you're not going to use the audio but you're still getting stuff and, and you're just in the vlog mode or the – you know, you're making the movie mode. It's just weird. It's a weird vibe and it's like, I don't know. I didn't love it, but I'm in a different place. So who yeah. knows? I, I want to go back to the podcast thing because it kind of lines up with what, what you're just saying. I oh. think I could easily live my entire life and only make movies yeah. at this point. I feel like I owe myself the service of letting myself be known as like a performer and an entertainer. Yeah. I want to be. A, I'm not an actor, and I and I, and I know that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be performing in some way. I just don't. I don't know. I can't point to any one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you feel it? Are we rapping? Or no, we don't have to. I just started talking in this cadence. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're. we're uh, I, this is a question I have for you. Um. Go. Where does your creative energy feel most focused right now? It feels most focused on cooking. Really? Yeah. That's super cool. To the point where I'm like, do I want to be a line cook? You know? Like, do I want to just put in some time on the line and just cook at uh, like someone else's menu and just learn from a really good chef? 
That's amazing. Dude, yeah. Um, do you but, find that that feeds yeah. your other avenues? Um, well, definitely, but it's not anything immediate. Like, I, I didn't know all the ways in which, like, I would, I would be using singing or, like, even s skating, you know? Like, skating is becoming a really big part of my life now. And I, I find ways to not only express myself, but kind of support myself doing it, hmm. you know? And, like, yeah, so, um, I don't know, dude. I... In in a strictly creative sense, though, like things that I'm actually doing, if I could settle on something that I have history doing, I would not be upset if I was a musician. I had like intention on uh, touring Jungle Savior, Bro Crisp's uh, most recent album. Yeah, dope record. Doing, thanks. Doing some New York, maybe some Northeastern shows and like some shows in the Southeast as well, as well but uh, the pandemic yeah. was still mightily roaring. So we kind of had to, you know, shift plans. But like, so I don't really know what being an anything is right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but being a musician would be really, really cool. I love music. I yeah. love, no, I love it, writing it, songs. I love performing songs. Like, even if you're they're really not strictly it. mine. You're really, Thanks. really good at it. And, I mean, do you think if you did, if outside of our movie, um, let's say our movie thing didn't exist, do you, would you, where are you with acting? I love it more than probably music. <laughs> I love I think, it. I think yeah. you love it more than anything. That's oh, why I do. I, that's, yeah, I, I definitely know. do. I definitely do. But I, I, I have. I feel like I have a, a lifestyle or like a standard of living for me that can't be. Yeah, I can't. I just can't be, and I can't live the actor's lifestyle. There's certain things that I like want to be able to do that I don't think would serve me well as an actor. Hmm. Like, um. I mean, honestly, like skate, surf, not surf, sorry, skate. I don't surf as much, but skate and like um, get tattoos, like get, get lots of tattoos. Um, I don't like early calls. I don't like sitting in trailers, like just stuff like that, like to be straight up. Mm. So I don't know if my personality would do, I don't know. That's kind of weird to say because like, as soon as I'm on set, I really feel like I'm like in the zone and I, and I love to just get the job done and I'll do whatever. So mm -hmm. that's just, you know, that's me like in off mode, just saying that. But as soon as I'm in go mode, it's like, that's the only thing that matters. And I think, dude, okay. And I think that's why I probably would be happy settling as a musician because just being an actor and being fully committed, like the person I am and just loving it more than anything, it's so draining, dude. And it's, it's worth it, but it's like, it asks a lot and I give a lot. And then I'm like, I'm a tired soul. And, um... So I don't know. It's a weird thing to like, kind of feel like you're you're gifted in a in a thing or in an area that also takes a lot like from you. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, the little side smile, like, you get the, it. The very concept of don't call it magic. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Uh, yep. It's a very, very concept. No spoilers, though. No spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. I love acting, dude. And if if there's ever, like, a team, like, that'll take me, a writer, a director, DP, whoever it is, if they'll take me, I'm, I'll be there and I'll be professional and I'll, and I'll be fully committed and I love it more than anything, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to like wait in an audition room. I'll go to auditions. I'm not going to sit in that room. I'm not going to sit in that room again. I don't think. Yeah. I could, I could very, if I had to audition as a director, I wouldn't be a director. Right. What I love about directing is the autonomy. Um, final question that I have for you. Let's say we make this movie together and if we make the feature and it gets into Sundance and we're at Sundance, it's like 2023, 2022. COVID's a thing of the past. It's all of us and we're just like partying, drinking, dancing. Everybody's just seen you as the lead in the movie. Maybe a couple actors you know are like walking up to you and like giving you a pat on the, you know, pat on the back saying like, hey, good job. What do you, how does that, what do you think about acting in that moment? What do I think about acting in that moment? Yeah. It's probably pretty, pretty good. Probably pretty good (laughs) at that moment. No, (laughs) like to be honest, like, yeah, that doesn't, that obviously doesn't sound bad. It doesn't sound bad. But it sounds, it sounds like a weird situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a weird situation to be in, because acting is all about timing and staying on top of it and staying like relevant. And um, yeah, movies aren't being thrown at me now. Yeah, ex- yeah. except for mine. I mean. I'm in I'm interested in the relationships to be honest. So it's like yeah. as long as I have relationships with people who are making movies, then hopefully I'll be a part of that in some way. But I mm-hmm. don't think I'm going to seek movie making and then hope to have lasting relationships cuz like I did that for a while like with acting, not mm-hmm. movies but like on the stage. Mm-hmm. I was like I'm going to make my life here. I'm going to find my people here. And I yeah. don't think that's always the case. And that kind of bummed me out to find that, that that wasn't the case. And it's like, well, then I don't want to spend my time with the these. I don't want to spend all my time with these people then, even though yeah. I love acting, you know? Yeah. That's what's cool about podcasting. It's not acting at all. But mm-hmm. I do get to spend time with the people that I want. And if I don't want to spend the time with them, I can just like wrap it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've never done. I've never done that. I've done I, it. I tried to wrap it up when it got to three hours once. You ever? You ever get a guest in like the first like five minutes? No, in the first like forty five seconds of talking to him, you're just like, shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. yeah. Sometimes it has to do with me too. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm like, oh, like I I can't match their energy. Like it's not there for me. There were some times, dude, I was looking back, it kind of seems dumb, but like I would get back from like surfing 
like a whole day of surfing um, and show up in the nick of time with like sand in my hair. Be like, hey, thanks for coming on. Be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. this is looking for artists. <laughs> just like, dude, save some energy. Yeah. Uh, I Just looking back before the pandemic, I was just running myself to the bone every day, just doing as much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, I miss you. Dude, I miss you too. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, that was, a really, that was a really good time we had making that movie, that short film. It was the best, man. Yeah. Um, I have one question for you, and then let's just wrap it. Okay. Because I don't want this to be a big outlier in the... I'm trying to keep them around like an hour... To, an hour to 10, 15. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. Dude. You have to explain okay, cool. yourself to me, man. Again, going back to that thing about just having your own podcast, I'd love to do long form, but here's my, here's my, uh, <clears throat> here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. So maybe this isn't true for you, but for, at least for me, even though a lot of my interests are the same, like if I were to rewind like 10 years and see myself now, so, you know, rewind 10 years from now, 19 year old me, I guess, Mm -hmm. and look at myself where I am now, I would Mm -hmm. not believe a lot of it, you know, and a lot of it might make sense, but I would not believe that a lot of it is here and happening or happening in that this or that way. Mm -hmm. So, with where you are now and where you've come from, mm-hmm. where do you kind of see yourself going? And like, where, I guess, do you want to ultimate, where are you headed? You kind of answered that already. You'd love to settle being a movie maker, but like, what does that actually look like for you? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, no, it, it, if I was just a movie maker, I think I would be um, a little upset. I, um, I just want to be like a gardener, I think, of like creativity and like someone who people can bring things to and I can help them become realized. That's really important to me. Um, I'm, I'm getting to do that right now on a project in a way. And it's really great. Um, and I like... I like people who are given power who use it with humility. And I could see myself getting to a similar place, you know, with the humility being a choice, you know, uh, of whether or not I'm going to be humble. Um, and I, uh, I, um, I just don't ever want to get to a place where I'm lying in bed, sitting on the couch, going for a drive, whatever. I think about a creative idea and my instinct isn't, okay, how could I make that happen? Right. I always want to keep that instinct, no matter what it is. Whether it's a, a food truck or a movie or an album or stand up hour or, or, or whatever, you know, like I want to, I want to be like racing towards that. And my hope is that the more that I'm able to do that, 
the more that I'm able to help other people do that. Um, so maybe that's a company. Um, maybe that's, I don't know. It, it could look like a lot, you know, I, I admire, um, yeah, it's like a, I don't know, like a writer director. That's also a producer and, and, but very outward focused on, on other people and, and how can we help other people make their stuff. Yeah. I also really want to be married like one day. Like not like I'm not saying like now or like even within the year or even within three years. I like I don't know if I could see that, but that's something that's really important to me and like in family and having a big dinner table that is filled with people that are different than me. And like being I don't know. I just want like my front door to always be open to people like, and I, and I feel like <clears throat> that and the creative life that I just mentioned are very complementary to each other. Yeah, I would agree. Especially the finding yourself in a mixed company type mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a beautiful answer. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for yeah. asking. Thanks for thanks for coming on this podcast. Dude, it, it's my pleasure. And an honor to be asked on. And it was a lot of fun. Look forward to it all week. Oh, good. So maybe you don't love podcasting yourself, but in terms of being a guest of this experience, you'd rate it positively? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Well, we found a we found an artist, folks. <laughs> That's the first time I said it. I hated it. I'm never going to do it again. I tried it and, and I hated it. I guess I thought it was like that's what he does at the end of oh, the no, no. Show. I tried it like as a joke even and I still hated it. It made me feel awkward. I understand. I yeah. Understand. Yeah, this yeah. This podcast is very very fun. It's crazy that we're doing it and uh it's crazy that that you're on it. Yeah, Remember man. the library? I do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to close this and then I'm bringing up memories. <laughs> the library was that that was that was a great example of a really fun project, but I was not having as much fun with myself. No, yeah. yeah. Me either. I mean, I was taking myself way too seriously. Jason was not. Jason was not taking himself seriously? I don't think so. No, he was having a ball, man. He was taking the role seriously, but not himself. We made a spoof of the office called the library when we were in high school. It was great. And we showed it in chapel, dude. We showed the whole <laughs> high school. Dude, it kind of wasn't like it ended up not being a spoof. It just kind of had its own life. It was really fun. I, I feel like we should. I, I want to know what the thing is that I can't know on the air. Oh, well, then let's wrap this. Thank you so much. This is where the outro music will come, and uh, we look forward to this. Bye. <laughs> Looking for Artists is a Rock Rising podcast. Learn more about us on Instagram at Rock Rising Inc. That's R-O-C-K-R-I-S-I-N-G-I-N-C. Looking for Artists is available anywhere you podcast.